Welcome to the Tech Diva Success Podcast. This is a short weekly podcast that focuses on tools, processes, and best practices that truly fuel success for women in technology. We thank you for tuning in, and we hope you walk away with at least one best practice that will help you level up personally or professionally. What can you take action on that will make you 1% better? This show gives us space to grow that amazing potential you have inside of you by bringing you guests from all walks of life and allowing them to share their success secrets with you. I'm your host, Nicole Scheffler, and I consider myself a tech diva with over 15 years experience in a technology career. And I'm committed to sparking tech diva success with my collection of various books, podcasts, and projects, including our other podcast, the Diva Tech Talk podcast, which is all here to inspire you and is dedicated to women in technology. I know you're going to love it. So on with the show. Well, I'm really excited to be back on the Tech Diva Success Podcast, taking wisdom from amazing guests and making sure that we share that with our audience of women in tech. And today I am so excited to be here with Neha Misra. She is the CEO and co-founder of the Finlit Project. So she is going to be talking to us about financial literacy, but she comes from a background of engineering as well. So she knows uh, where we're coming from. So I'm really excited for her to share her gift with us today. So welcome, Niha. And uh, why don't you just go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Hey, everyone. So excited to be here, Nicole. Thank you so much, Tech TV Success team, for having me here today. And I'm so thrilled to share my journey with all of you. So my name is Neha Mishra, and I am the CEO and co-founder of The Finlit Project. I'm currently based out of India, having returned from working at an upcoming stock exchange at Wall Street, New York. The reason for me being here is because I started my career as a software engineer. I was in tech, and I loved tech. I worked in tech for about five years before moving into finance and then falling in love with this as well. So there's a little bit of a story that I would like to share with all of you. My journey started nine years ago when we first landed jobs as engineering graduates. And my friends and I were super pumped about, you know, we were finally making money, paying our bills, and the world was our oyster. This one day while reading the newspaper, a really good friend of mine elucidated some details about Barack Obama and I strayed into Roger Federer completely ignoring poor Raghuram Rajan and the supposed complicated details on the business pages in between. When I asked her why she did that, she just responded, oh, finance is too dull. Over the course of these nine years, I have come across not one, but many such people who are either too bored by finance or too scared of it, without realizing that finance impacts all of us. Luckily, I decided to embrace this fear of finance to get into the thick skin of it and tame this scary creature. I realized the advantages of it much later when we were hit by massive personal struggles. And that is when I realized how vital it is to be in control of your finances. In current times with medical resources under stress, many schools close, uh, you know, with all that that's happening in America with the Floyd protests, a majority of employees were asked to work from home. 
unemployment claims are at record highs and the stock market is on a spiral. So we are up against an unprecedented challenge. The major economic impact of this pandemic lays bare the deep-rooted financial insecurity that many people across America and India face on a daily basis. It is such an important issue for right. all women and especially women in tech. So I can't wait to hear more. Essentially, in these current pandemic times, as we are all hit with medical resources under stress, so many schools, restaurants, stores are closed, and a majority of employees are working from home. Unemployment claims in the U.S. are at a record high, and the stock market is just behaving in a topsy-turvy spiral. So we're all up against unprecedented chains. The major economic impact of this pandemic lays bare the deep-rooted financial insecurity that many Americans and women in tech across the world face on a daily basis. The reason for this financial fragility, as we put it, is the lack of financial literacy. So according to the GFLEC, in January 2020, about one in four Americans were financially fragile. And financial fragility is the inability to cope up with a mid-sized shock in a shorter period of time. And it hurts us more when things like, you know, COVID happen. Essentially, it is the self-assessed measure of capacity to deal with financial shocks, regardless of whether the source of funds is your own assets or it is your capacity to borrow money from somebody. Unfortunately, women are worse off because there's about 29% women who are financially fragile compared to just 22% men. Unfortunately, there is a stark figure which says that according to an SMP survey, globally only 30% women are financially literate. And that is something that we as women in tech, we as women who know about technology, who study about these kind of things, and we are educated so we have the capacity to bring about this change. And that is the reason why I want to share my journey with all you women in tech to just let you know that it's in your hands. It's just about the financial attitude, you know, just open up, just start learning. Just, you know, if there's a doubt, reach out, you know, reach out to people. There's plenty of resources on the Internet. You could reach out there. You could reach out to us and just get started on your own. This does not essentially mean just giving your money to somebody to invest because it's your money after all. You know, it's like your own baby. Nobody else can take care of it better than you. So this is the reason why we want to bring this message to women in tech. So what are some of these basics? You know, I think everyone's <laughs> feeling jazzed, like feeling like, right. okay, yes, I want to own it. Yes. So what are some tips you have to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So we call these steps as the baby steps to financial literacy. And I have a few laid out here, which I keep telling a lot of my clients from time to time. The reason why I say time to time essentially is because finance is an ever-changing field. So you're never 100% financially literate, you know. So there's a constant need to keep learning. So I'll just put some of those tips that I keep giving my clients out here for our tech divas. Number one is acknowledging your concerns, you know, accepting that financial needs must be looked at and you can do it. And that is where financial attitude is very important. The second thing is embracing your fears. You're not alone. You don't need to be scared about finance. There's a ton of other women who are sailing in the same boat. And maybe if we could all come together, we could help each other out. 
The third thing is like, you know, you read it everywhere, but most people forget to do this, is listing down your financial goals. What is it that you want to achieve after five years? And this could vary from person to person. There's no one size fits all solution. The fourth and most important thing is start early, which means start today. The sooner you start planning for your financial future, the better it is. And the fifth one, which I love the most, is tiny habits matter. You know, small amounts of money, you know, spent and saved go a long way. This could be something as simple as bringing your own cup to a Starbucks and saving those 10 cents over there. Or it could be cooking your own meal and not just going and buying takeout and saving that little amount of money. The sixth important point is you start small, always start small. If you start with a large amount and end up misinvesting it, then that fear comes in and you don't want to go back to it. So start small and you build your corpus as you grow. The seventh most important point is that the credit card you use has a cost attached to it. So you have to understand that cost of credit. This essentially is the extra amount of money you end up paying over the borrowed amount of money that you already owe. The eighth point that I keep telling everybody is don't put all your eggs in one basket. See, supposing you have already invested in an ETF, maybe it's time to invest in a gold fund. Maybe it's time to invest in a different kind of bond. So sort of diversify your risks. The ninth and most important aspect is keep your mind open to learning and evolving. Finance, as I said before, always keeps changing, you know, in a couple of years. And it's important to keep growing your knowledge and monitoring your financial plans. And when you do all of this together, you just make your finances work for you. And as you get comfortable, slowly you will see that you are not working for money, but instead it's the other way around. So these are my, you know, lessons to small tips that I want to give to my divas and tell them that you can do it. It's just about taking ownership of the fact that I can do it. And, you know, we as women in tech, we can all do it. Make that money work for you is what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I love some of the themes that you drew out there. The first main one that you said at the very beginning was that financial literacy, learning about managing your finances is always changing. There's always something to learn. There's always a new fund trick trade. And that translates to me into technology In technology. There's always something to learn. (laughs) Absolutely. It's the same thing. And, you know, because of my experience in tech and, you know, now that I'm here in finance, they're both very similar fields. And now with the compound annual growth rate that fintech is growing, you know, it's coming up in this huge way. Globally, it's growing at a rate of nearly about 23.65%, which is a huge number for all those women in tech. And if that little bit of finance comes in handy along with your technology, imagine the change you can bring about in the fintech space. Yes. And I find with any goal or any success plan, it's about having a plan, which you gave like nine really great tips, right? And then writing it down, like studies show that if you write down a plan, so for capturing a financial plan, what do you recommend as a good way to see if it's making a difference? Like, I think if I saved, I like, I'd love the idea of like a Starbucks, you know, bringing your own (laughs) cup, but how do you really know if it's working and give yourself like, it's like a, a confidence boost that you're doing it right? 
I absolutely agree with you, Nicole, when you say it's important to write it down because, you know, otherwise those 10 cents don't count. But there's plenty of, you know, fintech apps these days, essentially around budgeting and saving. I know a few based in India and some of them in the US and they can reach out to me and I let them know. One essentially is called Save Mo. And it just tells you to keep writing down how much you spent and how much you ended up saving. So you do that for about a month or two months and just realize the small, small amounts of money that you're saving. Now that we're all home in these pandemic times, we're saving a ton of money on traveling. You know, I was in New York and I was just spending about $8 every day, just back and forth traveling between Midtown and downtown. And, you know, you're at home. You have the comfort of saving that amount of money, but you put it down. Because if you don't put it down, you don't realize that you had that you made that change. You, and you slowly will see that every day, $6 makes a huge amount of money at the end of the month. It may be something that you want to buy those nice pair of shoes with. But, you know, where did that money come from? So it's just about defining your goals. You download any app from Google which says that, uh, you know, you can save your money. Just start. You can start with something as simple as an Excel sheet and just put down, okay, like a Google sheet or something. This is what I want to buy, sort of like my needs versus my wants. And you just decide, okay, maybe I could just do away with this for now. Maybe I don't need that extra jacket right now. And I could just, you know, sort of work out with the things I have in my closet already. So it's just about that mindset change. So Nicole, a very important aspect I want to highlight here is a few years ago, financial literacy was essentially just knowledge, like just capabilities. But over the last couple of years, the OECD has changed this definition and they say, and I firmly believe in that aspect is that financial literacy essentially is about financial attitude and financial behavior. So I essentially call it the ABC of financial literacy. Number one being financial attitude. The second one being financial behavior. And the third one is financial capability. Because if your A's and B's are right, the C will automatically come in. You have so many usable methods. That's exactly what the show is about. I love that you pointed out as well, the cost of credit. I feel like that's really important. And I also love that you said, start with something and be consistent. I realized about 10 years ago that as long as I use the same spreadsheet and formula every few months, whenever I'm looking at my finances, it was mine. I knew if it was going up or down because I was using the same formula, money in, money out. Sure. And as, you know, yes. you could, everyone could do it a little differently. Do you count, yes. you know? money for your car because it's worth something or is it an asset or whatever. But I love that what that you said just to get started, just to understand money in, money out, and make sure <laughs> whatever you're doing with hopefully the extra money in <laughs> works for you. So do you have any other final thoughts as we kind of come to the end of the episode? Yeah, I absolutely want to echo the last thing that you said and which brings me back to the words that I started with is Essentially being money in, money out is essentially cash in, cash out. In financial jargon, this is what we call a cash flow statement. And sometimes, you know, just because these words are jargonized, we don't want to look at them. So my final tip is it's just elementary mathematics and English just put together. And this amazing quote by Joan Robinson, which I read a few years ago, and I firmly believe in it. Because finance essentially is an offshoot of economics. 
And she died in 1976. And that is when she said the power and the point of understanding what economics and finance essentially is to stop being fooled by economists. And I want to just restate it to everybody out there that the point is you give it to somebody to invest, but you should know where they're investing it because that is the point of being financially literate. And again, the thing that I keep telling everybody is remember, it's your money. You can take the best care of it. And if, you, if you're just struggling to how to go about doing it, join a community, start your own finance club. And if you want to reach out to us, we're absolutely out there to help you and you know, make it into simple English for you and just get started. Wow. I'm sure a lot of people are thinking they want to talk to you more. Uh, so how can they get a hold of you? What's the best way? The best way would be to hit our website. It's called thefinlitproject.com. Book a free consultation session with us. And then we'll bring you into our, we, we have our own community of finance learners from all over the world who come and join our Slack community. And, you know, you hit us there, leave us a message on LinkedIn. I'll share my uh, LinkedIn details with, with the podcast uh, you know, once we're live and uh, hit us at Twitter at, at the rate Finlit India. Great. Well, this has been an awesome episode with Neha Mishra, the co-founder of the Finlit project. And I absolutely love empowering women by yes. having them own their money. And it's making me yes. right now want to go log in <laughs> to my <laughs> bank accounts and check like what stocks are being invested for me and with me and where my money's going. So I hope everyone takes this as a call to action to take right. a few minutes today to yes. maybe reach out to this project. What an amazing resource to empower everyone, but especially for our audience, women in tech that are working to make sure that what you're working for works for you. And uh, what a joy. And I just hope everyone is rich of knowledge from this podcast and rich in their <laughs> checkbooks in the long run. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here today, Nicole. This is such an amazing platform to me. And I just loved talking candidly about things that I love. And I want to give back to my community of women in tech. Yes, absolutely. And um, I can't wait to share this message with the world and to help empower more women be successful financially. So thank you again so much. Thank you again for listening. And we really hope this sparks something in you that you can use to manifest more success in your life. Please give us a rating or review. We would love to see how the show has inspired you. You can also connect with Tech Diva Success on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook. We're very easy to find under that name. And we hope this episode was fire for you.